0: Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron. My co-host today is Corey with That's Not Proper Podcast. Let's give her a warm, sarcastic welcome. Thanks for coming on the show, Corey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So today we're just going to kind of talk about status quo. I guess, we'll, you know do the status quo and talk about status quo. (laughs) And what is your definition of status quo? Well,
1: it's funny because, you know, we discussed doing this and I thought, I really feel like I should have a better definition. Like, so I thought I'll look it up. And for me, status quo meant doing what everybody expects me to do. And or what society says, this is what you're supposed to do. And then when I looked at that, but also kind of meant it meant def- it was defined as maintaining a current state. So, I mean, I, I guess along the same lines, doing what everybody else is doing. That's so, you yeah, know, I guess that would be my definition.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel. It's like following the group or mm-hmm. doing what you should be doing and not um, differing from anybody Kind of going with the the crowd. Right. But it seems like, you know, lately, the last few months, it's like the, keeping the status quo is no longer an option anymore. Right. And that has to do with the COVID situation, the Black Lives Matter situation, what's going on with that. And right. there's just a lot going on in the news with hate crimes and... It's interesting to me to see the different cities that are, like in Martinez, I don't know if you saw the couple that were Mm -hmm. painting over the Black Lives Matter. I I did see that. I
1: was floored. Oh, same. And it was like moments after, from what I understand, they had just done it. Mm -hmm. And it was like city approved and everything that they had done, the Black Lives Matter in yellow on the pavement. Oh, yeah, I was floored.
0: Because for me, I don't know, I know that there's little pockets in California that definitely have people like that, but because it's like in the Bay Area, I guess I'm shocked when stuff like that happens so close. Um, But I also see Trump stickers around, too, so maybe I shouldn't be as shocked as
1: I am. No, I agree. Because I didn't live in Martinez, but I lived near there years ago. I lived in Pleasant Hill. So it's kind of like Martinez is there, and but also uh, Walnut Creek and all that. And the area I lived in, at least, was pretty diverse. And so I that was part of what floored me as well with that, because I thought, Martinez? That just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, where my father lives. My father lives up in Tuolumne, Sonora area, where Mm -hmm. I feel like everybody there is a Republican and loves Trump and is wearing the hats and, you know, whatever, got the stickers on the car. That floored me to see that in Martinez. I was floored. And I don't know if you saw the video
0: of what the guy was actually saying. Mm -hmm. But that was like, the painting over wasn't the shock to me. It was what was coming out of his mouth that really shocked me talking about George Floyd and, you know, if you don't get involved with the police, you don't commit a crime, then, you know, and if you don't
1: resist arrest, then you won't get stomped on. Well, that's that whole idea that just people have, at least I've noticed people that have that very, well, I'm just ignorant mentality. They they also believe that uh, morality and uh, legal issues are the same. Hmm. And you know, or ethical, you know, and, and so, and I, 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 it's an interesting thing to me when I see someone say to me, I'm thinking, okay, so you're, you're so hyper focused on the legal aspect of it, that morality, and ethics are just completely tossed out the window, they mean nothing. And what tends to, you know, interest me even more is, it is very common that these same people are ones that are you know carrying around their bibles and telling us we've you know we we've got to be christians or whatever and so i'm like wait a second this is so much hypocrisy and conflict here i i can't even i can't even follow this the thread that they're going down
0: well and it's like it's it's like they're threatened in some way for some reason and you know the whole black lives matter They're saying white lives. I mean, even in Martinez, I think that same weekend, there was a white lives matter that was written on the pavement. I think it was in Martinez. Okay, I didn't see that That one. That happened a couple of days later. And it's like, okay, we get that you don't like change, Mm -hmm. obviously, because we're not putting up with it anymore. And people are speaking out more. They're not doing the status quo around this anymore. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, people feel threatened by the protesters and the social media and, you know, the art that's coming out of this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I walked downtown Oakland like a month ago mm-hmm. after the the looting and, you know, all the boarding up. and And it was amazing what these artists were coming up with. And if something... Good can can come out of the bad of the looting, which I don't condone or agree with. And a lot of Mm -hmm. the looting isn't the protesters. And I don't think people understand that, too. That there was a lot of good that came out of that situation with the art. And they're going to preserve them, I guess, at the Oakland Museum. But yeah, I think that the status quo is damaging to people and our country Mm-hmm. And when things get shaken up, it's like
1: people freak out. Right. Well, and it's just today I was talking with my kids, you know, and I have kids in various generations. And so my son, one of my sons is 16. So he's a Gen Z and he's he cracks me up cuz he's very vocal and opinionated and you know and he'll come to me listen to the, you know what this person said and and he's you know he's kind of fighting every battle there is to fight you know as you know keyboard warrior kind of stuff <laughs> and um and I told him I said I look I appreciate what you're doing I see what you're doing and I'm not going to stop you from what you're doing because I think this there is good in this but also you know choose your battles but then we had a conversation today and I told him, I said, your generation is viewed right now by many as chaos and so very against you know, the status quo. And so I told him, I said, your generation right now is viewed as chaos, but quite honestly... Even though I can sit here, you know, being older and be like, eh, that's a lot of chaos. But my, the thing is, is that chaos I think is necessary that the, in your face against the status quo right now by the, especially by this younger generation to me is so necessary to perpetuate that for future generations. And I can, I can truly appreciate it again. There are times where I'm like, Whoa, big fella, you know, but there's also, you know what, though, you know, to me the what you're doing outweighs what could be a little bit scary. And I think what these generations that are saying or these people that are saying things like you had said, with regards to the guy from Martinez is it, in order for them to change their way of thinking they'd have to admit to decades of possible error in how they've lived and how they've thought and how they've raised their children and what they've done. And that's a huge step, you know, for some of these people it's that's, that's a major thing. And so they're going to die on that hill Mm -hmm. because there's just no way they're going to you know to move to be moved
0: well and i think it's a good point because they have to look at themselves
1: and mm-hmm.
0: a lot of people don't like to do that and a lot of people aren't and they're going to teach right. their children how they teach their children i don't ever foresee this going away completely because there I agree. there are those that aren't going to change for anything and feel like their constitutional rights are being taken away from them and you don't even get me started with that. And uh I was just gonna
1: say I can't I don't even know if I could have that conversation. You know, it I makes so I, I'm the type of person to where if it doesn't make sense to me, like I'm like, man, I am trying to get into your logic, man. And I just can't get there. I just won't, I will just, you know, keep trying to figure it out, trying to figure out. And that is one where I just cannot get it. I can't get there. And so it's, you know, I'm hamster wheeling it in my head all the time with that one. Cause I cannot get there. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm the same way. I mean, I
0: want to understand where they're coming from, but like you, it's like, I mean, even if I like attempted to get even like an, smidge of what they're trying to explain and it's like I don't even get that logic of where they're coming from Um, you know as far as COVID and wearing masks and yeah it runs deep in my family so I'm just like don't talk to
1: me yeah I'm nervous about um, some family members I, I have some that I'm very close to And because of COVID, I haven't uh, seen physically. I've spoken to them, but I haven't seen them. But I'm really tight with them. But I know what their stand is, like, politically. And we've always had these conversations, and we're able to totally disagree and then, you know, have a shot of tequila and walk away with it. But this is different. And so I'm... I know I'm going to have to have this conversation. I'm okay with having these conversations, but I am a little bit anxious about the conversations because I don't know what's going to come of it. I, you know, I fear there's a part of me that fears, am I going to have to cut you out of my life because of this? You know uh, whether it be about, you know, COVID or uh, black lives matter. It's, you know, it's a, it's a very in-your-face thing right now. And I don't, like you had said a second ago, you don't think this is going to go away. And I think for some people this isn't going to go away. And you can say that I think on both sides, you know, as far as, you know, equality and equity, uh, you know, for everyone, Of, I think that it would grieve me to see it go away, this this fight to go away. And that's that's been my biggest fear, actually, with all of this, is is it going to die out, And you know, like the Rodney King riots and You know, some of us are going to be like, oh, I thought it was all better. And it really wasn't. You know, that's that's a fear I have with regards to that right now.
0: I want to see change and I'm not someone who would go out and protest. Um, Mm -hmm. I like to call myself a couch activist, like I'll support you in going out there and and I'll, you know, donate to whatever organizations that are helping with that. But it's like, I want to see some change. I want to see something come out of these protests and, mm-hmm. you know, this social media warfare, I guess you could call it, about Black Lives Matter. And so far, I haven't seen anything. And so it kind yeah. of makes me wonder how effective the protests are. I think it, I don't know, it's like a flash in the pan. It's like that passion and that that anger is there initially and like you said i I don't want it to peter out right but we need some serious change and it needs to happen
1: from the top right down down i think that so our household uh, my partner and my kids did they did go to a protest here in town i wasn't able to go because i'm a uh, living caregiver so, so someone had to watch the old guy so <laughs> I stayed here to watch him um, but they went and one thing you know and I don't know if it's because I have children in various age ranges. one thing that's encouraging for me that I am seeing is seeing my kids um, almost have some blinders removed you know these topics aren't topics that uh, were you know, we were silent on in our household. We've talked about these things for years. You know, my partner is not white. And so some of this stuff has been an issue for us for over 26 years or almost 26 years. We've dealt with some of these issues and my kids dependent upon their age, have seen or heard us discuss it. But um, when this all came down and when they went to the protests and you know they like i said sometimes they're keyboard warriors but um they are very um passionate and they're not shutting up and you know it's they're climbing this mountain and i'm really encouraged by seeing every day they are you know something new has been revealed to them and for me, when I look at my kids, it's not just like, oh, oh it's my kids. It's that generation because I'm not going to be here as long as they're going to be here. And so when I see these younger generations, like the, like I said, like my children, and I see them, you know, really passionate about it, whether it be, you know, like I said, verbally or educating themselves because all of my kids have been really trying to educate themselves. And it's super encouraging to me Because I feel like, okay, they're going to perpetuate that and maybe eventually we can get, you know, the majority won't be, you know, the ones yelling out all lives matter because they're going to create the majority that recognizes the necessity of equality and that black lives matter, you know, and parity and all that kind of stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. going forward. That's my hope, you know, maybe it's wishful thinking. But that's what's really encouraged me as I'm watching this. And like I said, part of it has to do with having, well, a shitload of kids in various uh, age ranges at home. Uh, But that's been really encouraging for me to see that. Because I feel like if I can at least start somewhere here at home, I don't have the ability to go out and do crazy things. I don't have the money even to donate all over the place. Mm -hmm. I can only do what I can with my you know, my sphere. And so my sphere is these kids. And if I can do something that I can see they can perpetuate, um, I'm encouraged by that.
0: And, th- and that's awesome that you have your little group of activists within your household <laughs> that can go out and, and do that and be part of that. And I think it's important for kids, if they want to, to experience that. Because mm-hmm. I think it is very powerful. It's, in ver- it's very empowering for them and to have their voices heard with a group of people that, you know, feel and are as passionate as they are. And maybe with the resistance of change, maybe if things change gradually, then maybe those that are resistant to it will become accustomed to it and kind of change their mind and not be so resistant as long as I I think educating Yourself, or themselves Mm -hmm. about the issues I think helps people not be so resistant to the change or feel so threatened.
1: I think that's the hard thing too is getting people to desire to educate themselves. I do notice that that's, that's a big struggle because there's some simple things that we have done or my kids have done or I have done to educate myself and, and, you know, some of it's real simplistic. And I'm like, how the hell did I not know this? How did I not s- see this? And in my mind, I'm thinking someone who is so set in their ways as far as uh, what whether it be to say that there's no such thing as racism. Because you hear that. That's what that guy was saying, that Martinez guy. There's no such thing as racism. The media has convinced you of uh, I, which. OK, mind boggling. Anyhow, you know, someone that's saying these things, if they were to just. Take a moment to educate themselves, even simply like, hey, go and watch on Netflix. Thirteenth, I don't know if you've watched that yet. I I watched that, and I my kids sat down, and again, my kids uh, that are the ones that are still at home. Rate the age is the ages range from twelve to twenty three for the ones that are still at home, and they all watched it. And so, seeing something as simple as watching this Netflix original. And being made aware of factual things that have occurred, whether it be in politics or in society, that you weren't aware of, I'm thinking, why would? It, why is that so fucking hard? I I just said fuck, but anyhow, why is that so hard for someone to who is set in their ways? How hard is it to just at home in quiet, and no one even has to see you, watch this and see if maybe you can go? Oh, wait a second, but you know, it's hard to get people who are set.
0: It's like that guy in the video, it's like I don't see him educating himself because, you know, he already knows what's right and he's not going to change his mind because what he knows is what's right. So if you already think that what you say and do and think is the only way and is the right way, quote unquote, then, yeah, you're not going to go to the library or go on the Internet and educate yourself because you don't think anything's wrong with how you think or
1: Talk. Well, that's that whole idea of um cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. There's just no way, you know, there's not gonna be any change because there's just so freaking set. It doesn't matter. You could present with all the facts in the world and you know, no change. Which is I you know, and I don't know if it's my character. I really like learning something. Some things like I don't really care about that. But there's some things I really want to learn and educate and know more on and it's not that I want to know more than someone else. I just I like to be able to have an educated conversation or be educated on what's going on around me. And so I it it's confusing to me when I see someone who just has no desire to be educated in something that they don't know yet. I it, I don't I don't get that. I mean, I don't tell I don't want to talk about like, you know, binary numbers or anything like that. Don't educate me on that. But let's talk about, you know, <laughs> you know, realistic HTML. Things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't teach me that. I don't want to know. I have somebody else teach you that.
0: Well, and watching <laughs> Fox News is not educating yourself. I just want oh my to put that out there. Uh, I've had to
1: have conversations with a family member. I'm like, look, we're not going to have that argument over Fox News, CNN, whatever. Just do me this one favor. Step outside of your box of well, there's another one, Western Journal and Christian something or other and Fox News. I said, How about just just do this? Try, I don't know, NPR. I don't something out rooters, something outside of what you normally do, just to see if you can get maybe two sides to the story. Or even the onion. Have
0: you heard heard. of the onion? It's like a parody. It's like even even go to the onion. You'll (laughs) probably learn so much more than yeah. you think even though it's a parody on everything
1: there's this guy on facebook james fell have you do you follow him Mm-mm. Um, he's just i mean he's a journalist i don't know for what but he just pretty much he's just talking shit all the time but he'll do like um on this day in history shit went down and that's what he titles it and you know and he gives this whole thing <laughs> Um, and, you know, I'm like, you know, just that guy because he's also funny, but he's also, you know, he's pretty straightforward. But mm-hmm. I follow that guy. He'll give you some interesting historical shit went down stuff once a week. <laughs> yeah.
0: However, it works for
1: you to get educated. Yeah. Go exactly. with it. You know,
0: um, <laughs> one thing that helps with the status quo or an example of the status quo is innovation. It's a valuable change that kind of. Helps us leap forward in some way. And I think when, I mean, I wasn't planning on this conversation to be political at all, but since we're there, we may as well just go with it. (laughs) You know, with the Tulsa rally and how the K pop, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar, they bought all these tickets. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, my kids were quite proud of him. I think that's very innovative, very to make a statement, and and is pretty easy to do. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it I think that's kind of where we're at with trying to make change and to make a point is we have to think out of the box and be innovative in our in our process and in our statements and you know kind of create that revolution that is definitely needed in this country on so many levels with so many things.
1: Mm -hmm. That's why I think this younger generation is going to be one that makes a huge change because, you know, I think they're, they've got a grip on all this technology and whatnot that some of us older ones don't necessarily have. It's funny you brought that up about the TikTok. Or whatever they're called, the K-pop. I said TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll the, make sure so I edit that thing. out. It's my
0: kids. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to really <laughs> show how right un-technological yeah. <laughs> we are.
1: I call it the ticker talker at home, just to annoy my kids or whatever. <laughs> the tickety talk. Um, <laughs> but the, there is an app right now apparently it's like a you know a trump app it's for his followers or whatever and it's in the apple store well you i don't know if you've heard but supposedly there's this threat he has made of shutting tiktok down that's why i said tiktok and you know everybody's all up in arms well all the tickety tocketers have gone <laughs> on to the Apple app page and are giving hit the, the Trump um app a review with one star because supposedly if the app gets a you know a general review of one star collectively the app gets just removed oh interesting <laughs> <laughs> so my kids have been following it all day. Mom, is it 1.4? Mom, is it 1.2? So we'll we'll see what happens. I don't know if that's accurate. My kids are definitely <laughs> excited about all the tickety talkers that are on there giving the tickety. One star. <laughs> uh, but yes, these guys with their technology, I'm telling you, they know they know a whole heck of a lot more than and can do a whole heck of a lot more than we realize with that. Tickety-talking.
0: I, you know, I'm not on tickety-talk. I'm not a tickety-talketer. <laughs> uh, but I think for me, as far as the status quo, I've always, I can't even remember how young, but I've always been the one to not go with the trends or go with what's cool or, you know, not necessarily stay status quo. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm a shit disturber. I stir the pot, in my family and at work. And uh, I have the performance evaluations to prove it. So <laughs> it's, it's always been something that has been an eight in me and not follow the, the status quo. I mean, granted, there are definitely limits to that as far as what I can mm-hmm. and can't do. But I'm not okay with just going with the flow of what everybody else is doing.
1: You and my partner, my gosh, would get along really well because he is pretty much against the flow from the day he was born. I mean, to the way he dresses, the way he speaks. I mean, it is—he's the shit disturber, <laughs> uh, and I am like the the you know I'm in between the people like this. Okay, this is what he really means right here. Don't be too mad, you know. This—that's me. Oh, you're that's the peacekeeper. Well, I'm either the peacekeeper or sometimes I'm referred to as the translator um, because he's, he also, he's, he'll never tell you this. His nickname is stupid. Okay. So he'll introduce himself as. That's nice. And he doesn't have any qualms about telling people. Yeah, he'll introduce himself and say, hey, I'm stupid. And they're like, don't say that. It's tattooed on his stomach, the stupid elephant. It was given to him years ago. So in order to, like, make it okay for certain circles, I'm like, can we just use Stu, please? So he'll say (laughs) Stu. His birth name is Aaron, by the way. But anyhow, so he, oh, no, he is disturbing shit everywhere he goes by his, you know, so... You guys would get along great. But he's also super creative, poetic. He writes poetry all the Mm. time. No one would ever know this. Um, Can draw really, really well. He's very artistic, but he likes to pretend like he's not. But, oh, he loves disturbing shit. It's his most favorite thing on the planet. I'm certain of it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm behind him.
0: Sweeping it up. (laughs) Well, I'm the youngest of six <laughs> kids. So, you know, I had oh. to make myself known somehow. So, what better way to get your siblings in trouble? So,
1: it, Oh gosh. It worked for me. Well, I'm think I'm going to have to watch my youngest and see what see what he does. He's only 12 right now, but he he enjoys annoying, so we'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that could evolve into, you know, the shit yeah. disturber of the family.
1: We'll have to see all my kids are pretty loud and obnoxious and annoying. So we'll have to see who, who reigns in that one. We'll have to see what happens there.
0: (laughs) Well, I think as far as the, the status quo, uh, we definitely need to stir it up and it is being stirred up right now on many, many different issues. Um, and it's been a lot, I mean, with the COVID and then BLM it's, very overwhelming for me at times. And I, you know, I need to take a break from social media because it's just so much that, Mm -hmm. you know, this
1: is all happening at the same time. Yeah, I agree. I have had, I'm, I'm not a real um, emotional person as far as like crying and things like that. And I'm pretty much, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and move on but some of what's gone on I'm but I'm very empathetic and so I feel like I can feel and that's been hard during all of this so there's times where I have to shut down or like my family's even looking at me like what's going on cuz I'm not the one that shuts down and it's I'm just my it's I keep saying my soul is grieving my soul just grieves with some of what's going on and it it's definitely shut me down several times since this has been going on I just don't know what to do with myself, too. It's So I like things very organized, Mm -hmm. and I like a plan. And there is nothing organized or planned about this. So I don't know where I fit in and what I'm supposed to do. I totally feel you on that.
0: There is no plan. That's the problem. That's the plan. The plan is that there is no plan. And it (laughs) does drive me a bit crazy, too, because it's like I just I think a lot of us need to just see like an end date that we can right. kind of like look forward to or something but it's hard because you know people aren't playing by the rules and right. so all these flare-ups are happening and then states are backtracking, reopening and it's just
1: like this back and forth thing. Oh, well, that's that's very frustrating too cuz you know not to you know I'm not looking for a pity party but I have four grandsons and I haven't, I've saw, seen them once since February and, you know, it wasn't for very long. I can't really touch them. And man, that's, it sucks. So then when you see all these people just, you know, going off, doing whatever the hell they want, and I'm doing this just so that, I keep my family safe. I have two type 1 diabetic sons, so they're high risk. I am a living caregiver, so he's high risk. So I've got all these people I've got to take care of. And I don't want to... I would die if I thought I went out and infected someone who I don't even know. So I'm doing things. And so then I see these people running around where I can't even hug. My, my My youngest grandson was a month and a half old last time I saw him. And, you know, it... Oh, man, it pisses me off, honestly. Because there are days where I'm like fuck it all. Everybody come over. We're going to have a barbecue and who's bringing the beer, you know? Then I'm like, okay, wait, rein it in. I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) But man, it's tempting because you see these people on all over the media and I'm like, why? Why? You're making it take longer. And
0: and it's those that don't understand, that don't feel like a mask is really Mm -hmm. a big deal. And it's like, well, it is a big deal, obviously, because people that are in a big group there's a majority of them are getting covid so right. what part of that don't you understand
1: exactly so yeah, i don't
0: you know it is frustrating and you know it's not going to be you know the new normal i mean i hate that saying but mm-hmm. there's nothing that's going to be like it was before february right yeah so where do we go from here what what are we going to do for the status quo so that we're not you know in the same state of being what's
1: your wisdom I think the first thing is it starts individually and I think individually it means self-reflection admitting my areas areas of error or vulnerability and checking them and being honest and now I'm not saying you run out and write your next facebook post about all your areas of vulnerability and tell the whole freaking world have these conversations in your ho- your own head if if that's all you've got but i think the the very first step starts with self reflection why do i do what i do is th- does this have to do with because everyone else has told me this is how things are supposed to go because i what it, whether it be media or family or society or my community why do i do the things That I do, and then be open to that uh checking of yourself. And like I said, admitting areas of error and vulnerability, and then shut that shit down, you know. And obviously, these are there's gotta be baby steps to this as far as I'm concerned. You know, I there was a big change in our lives about eight years ago, massive change, and it was very much a status quo change as far as our community is concerned. Because a part of me believes that status quo also can be community based in the sense where you're, what, what, who you are with and what you do. There is a status quo for, for that community that you may be in. And so for us, there was a huge step away from the status quo about seven or eight years ago. And it was baby steps. Man, I'm still working on some of that stuff. And so I think that, but it's just taking those steps, the first steps, the hardest. But then follow that up with the next one. And it's encouraging and it's empowering. And when you see that change within yourself, and honestly, it's freeing is what it is. It, it literally feels like a weight has been lifted, despite the fact that there are these great obstacles to overcome and um, the ideas of error that you cannot fix. If it's in the past, all you can do is, is learn from it and then move forward. But you have to start with yourself. That's my opinion. That's what I believe.
0: No, I totally agree with that. And introspection is a great way to, like you said, what you've been doing, how you've been thinking, how you've been treating people. And it does take a lot of courage to even do that on the smallest level. We are in a, an age of awakening mm-hmm. and awareness. And we just don't have a choice we're going to have to wake up and those that don't
1: see you later. Right. I think they'll be drowned out. And I, to me, that's encouraging. Yeah.
0: Well, I so appreciate you being on the show, Corey, and you can find Corey at that's not proper on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and that's not proper.com. Check her out wherever you listen to indie podcasts. And, uh, she's got some great stuff. And it's definitely stuff that you'll want to listen
1: to. Thank you. I had a really good time. In fact, that totally flew by. That was fast. It didn't fly by. And it (laughs) went in a direction that I had no
0: idea it was going to go. So I thank you for that. (laughs) That was great. And thank you for listening to Women Who Sarcast. Show music provided by Mike Imbasciani. You can find him at mikeimbasciani.com.